We've talked a lot about the voices that get on the microphone and our life. And just to repeat it this morning, the microphone isn't the issue. Microphones simply magnify sound. And so the problem is what voice is on your mic. In other words, what voice is most dominating in your thinking? Because whatever voice is dominating your thinking is ultimately gonna dominate your feelings and your being. And it's up to us to get what's good and what's true on the mic, right? And that's really the most crucial line to turn up. What's good, turn it up. What's true, turn it up, right? God's, God's voice on the mic is what pushes whatever other voice is negatively affecting you off of the mic. And that's where we're actually going to wrap up the series next weekend. So don't miss that. Come back next week. But as we jump in today, I want to highlight a voice that's still on the mic for many of us. And that is the voice of the past. Uh, in other words, something happened in our story that was so significant that it's still hugging the mic right where you're sitting right now. It's come with you through every season of life and all the way up into this moment and it's still dominating the microphone. Maybe someone walked out on you or perhaps um, somebody never walked in on you when you needed them the most and that's still on the mic. Maybe a, a circumstance happened and a loved one was taken from you or a situation occurred and your whole entire life just turned upside down in one moment. Maybe you failed or perhaps somebody failed you. Maybe there's abuse in your story. Maybe something was spoken about you or to you. And even though it was said five years ago, or 45 years ago, way back in time, those words are still very much on the mic and in your ear this morning. And the past is controlling your future. And it's like you're stuck in a moment or maybe stuck in a season, if you wanna put it that way. It could be a high moment because we, we like to go back to our best moments sometimes and get stuck there. And that's, that, that part of the past is on the mic. It's sort of like that guy that's in his you know, uh, 40s and he's still wearing his high school leather jacket around, right? He's like, remember this? And, 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 and so, and that moment is still dictating his identity in the future. Or it's the person who goes back to maybe the lowest moment in their life and they're, they're, they've just resolved that this is the hand that I've been dealt and therefore I'm not putting a big bet on my potential in the future. And they walk into conversations and opportunities and situations and as they come in, their mindset is because of what happened in my past, I'm not gonna be able to go very far into the future. And what I want you to know today is that God is doing a new thing. We sang it this morning. The message that God wants to put on your microphone today, let's just do it this way, is I am doing something new. I'm doing something new. And, uh, you know, so uh, some of us, we look around and we're like, I don't want anything new. <laughs> I kind of like it the way it is. I actually want the old. If we could just get back to that, that would be amazing. <laughs> But what God is constantly saying is I'm in motion. I've always been in motion. I've got a plan that I'm moving toward and I would like for you to move toward that with me. I've, I would like you to move towards that plan. And ultimately the Bible says in the last book in Revelation, it says, behold, I am making all things new. 
And that is the consummate all things new, new heaven, new earth, right? New future, new eternity. You and I, we're, gonna, we're going with God into all things new. But on the way to that moment, he is still making new beginnings for you and new beginnings for me. And I believe maybe that's what he wants to speak over somebody's even 2021 this morning. I am making all things new in this year. I'm making all things new in 2021. And so here's the questions that we want to ask this morning. Do you want to do something new in your life? And I think for that for a lot of us, it's, it's hard to get past the voice that's dragging us back to believe that God is actually leading us forward. But God wants you to believe that no matter what's in your past, that he holds your future. Amen. And so can we just pause on that for a moment? Whatever is in your story. And I'm sure that, you know, if we went story by story and seat by seat and, and heard everybody's story this morning, that we'd, we would discover that one of the common threads in this gathering and for everybody linked around the world is that we all have a past, right? We know that. But in all of our pasts, some moments want to take control of our future. And for some of us today, we need to take, just take a pause even before we begin and to say, it doesn't matter what's back there, however big or menacing that story is, God holds my future. Maybe, maybe we could just repeat that this morning. Can we say that together? God holds my future. One, two, three. God holds my future. And, and get this, think about this. He exists outside of time, right? And he, so he's there in it right now. <laughs> He's there in it. Imagine that he's not just here, but he's already there. And he's inviting you into that future with him. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that can be true of you this morning? Do you believe that you can break free from the past and move with God into the future? Does anybody want that this morning? Does anybody want a new start? Does, yeah, does anybody want a new, does anybody want to go forward with God? And so if you do, and here comes the curveball this morning, the first thing that we need to do is go backwards. <laughs> you're like, okay, now you're talking nonsense. You just spent the whole thing, whole time, this, this, since you started setting up, God wants to do something new, and now you're telling us that we need to go back. Hold on a second. So our text today, if you'll just take a moment to stand with me, if you can, to honor the reading of God's word, it's found in Isaiah 43, verse 18. And this is what it says. Forget the former things and do not dwell on the what? The past. See, see, that's a, see is a key word. See, can we just say that word together on three? See, three, two, one, see, I am doing a new thing. That's what's on the mic. Forget about the past. Don't dwell on some former things. I want you to see that I have a revelation and new understanding today. I'm doing something new. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. God, I ask that you'd break in and just through all of the noise and, and, and distraction, Lord, and speak to us. Speak to our spirit man this morning. We want a word from you, a rhema word. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you. You can be seated. So, okay, to get to the new, <laughs> we must go to the past. You're like, I, I don't understand how that works. Okay, well, look at, the, look at this text. Even the verses right above the verses that we just read, this is what it says in verse 16. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, 
who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and there lay there, never to rise again, extinguished and snuffed out like a wick. He's, he's telling a story and he's reminding them of something that he's done in their past, some breakthrough um, things that he did in their lives. You see that? What, what's God doing there? He's reminding his people of his story and their story. Isaiah is a prophecy that sits right in the middle of the story of God. And in this prophecy, um, what God is saying and he's trying to communicate to his people is, I love you and I have a plan for you, even though, even though you're gonna keep forsaking me and walking away from me. And ultimately that's gonna cost them, in, in their case, exile into Babylon as we continue in the story. But I'm gonna come back and get you. And I'm gonna bring you back home and we're gonna start all over again and we'll start all over again and I wanna make a brand new beginning for you. So he's sort of painting this picture of how the story is gonna play out and, and we dropped down right in the middle and he says, no matter what happens, here's what I'm gonna do in the story. I'm, I'm gonna make all things new. And the reason you can trust me is if you go back and remember what I've already done, I made a way through the sea. I opened up the waters. I, I, I obliterated your adversaries and they all sunk to the bottom of the sea. Remember the hat? So don't remember the things of the past and don't dwell on, the, on where you were because I'm gonna do something new. So he's not saying, uh, he's not saying, you know, don't remember the past. He's not saying that he's gonna give you some miraculous, you know, spiritual amnesia, and you're not going to remember the disappointment or the hardship or, or the failure of the past. He's just saying, I don't want you to dwell there. Meaning, I don't want you to live there. I don't want you to build house there. You understand that? I don't want you to call that your permanent address. I don't want you to get back into that spot and feel like this is where you're going to operate for the rest of your life. And so he said, I'm going to do something new. I, it, it doesn't mean that you forget it and that it wasn't real. It just means that God doesn't want you to dwell on it. And so he wants you to move forward from it. And this, how, this is how God wants you to get forward by taking you back. So there's a principle in life that none of us can break. And it's this, if you want to ruin your future, ignore your past. Or we could flip it around to the positive and say it this way. If you're going to realize future success, then acknowledge and address your past. When, when Jesus would encounter people, we see this all through the scripture. If you, if you read through the gospels, he would step into their story, right? And so when, when he would meet them, he would realize that there was a story in motion, like when he called Zacchaeus down from the tree, right? Zacchaeus was hated by his Jewish brothers and sisters because he was working for the Roman Empire, taxing his own people, and he's probably skimming a little bit off the top for, for himself. And, and as Jesus is coming to town, a lot of us know the story, he's on, on top of this tree so we can get a good view of Jesus, right? He's watching. Jesus stops him and says, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm coming to your house today. And so this just this, this totally kind of freaks everybody out. And they're like, no way he's going to the house of a guy like Zacchaeus. But lo and behold, that's what he does. I mean, you know, think about the implications of that. <laughs> the guy, this guy works for the government and collects money from my people to pay the government, which is going to nail me to the cross. And so he says, hey, Zacchaeus, I'm going to come over to your house tonight. And apparently 
he lived nearby. They, they keep going, they get to his place and we're not really privy to what went down there. We just know that Zacchaeus came out and his life was completely turned around. And, and he said, I'm, I'm gonna go back and anybody that I've cheated on, I'm gonna pay him back four times that much. Notice how Jesus came into Zacchaeus' story and he didn't go to his house and say, you know, hey, we're gonna, we're good, you know, we're gonna just move out from here. He more likely said something like, we're gonna walk backwards a little bit, Zacchaeus. Let's go back in this story so that then we can walk forward into this future together. So let's talk about all those people that you cheated. So he realizes that people have a story and he knows that you have a story in motion. And when Jesus meets you, he's not gonna say, you know, here's the magic eraser for everything that happened, all the hurt and all the pain and the disappointment and what you did and what was done to you. We're not just gonna wipe all of that out. He says, I'm recognizing that you're in motion. How about the woman at the well? Samaria, Jesus says, I wanna change your life today. Living water, like a spring on the inside. You'll never have to draw water again. You'll never be thirsty again. She says, yeah, I want some of that. And he says, great, go get your husband and bring him. Okay, well, uh, the thing is, she, he knew that she was in a story. He knew that she had a past. He wasn't trying to put her down. He wasn't, he was, what he was doing was trying to lead her forward. You see that? And when he said, or when she said, I'm not married, I don't have a husband, what did he say? He said, well, yeah, I know. And there were five husbands and that guy that you're with right now, that's not working out too well either. And at, the, at that moment, what he did is he acknowledged we've got to go back a step or two because I came here today to change your life and I came here today to lead you into your future. So we want to go forward, and if we want to go forward, we've got to go backward. We've got to deal with stuff if we want to go forward. But how? How do you deal with it? I mean, you, you look around and you see how people are dealing with it. We see it, we see it all around. Some people are dealing uh, with what's in the past by going to 2,000 bars, right? Some people are dealing with the past by consuming 2,000 lattes, right? Where they've hashed it out for a long, long time over some caffeine. Some people are dealing with it with 2,000 days on the hamster wheel where they just keep going and they're trying to make up for something or push something aside, right? They're in that comparison trap or overcome something or achieve something. Some people are attempting to deal with by putting 2,000 layers of protection around them so that nobody can get in. Uh, or maybe 2,000 isolated nights in the dark by themselves trying to fight off depression or anxiety. How do you deal with the past? Let's look at two ways in the scriptures that we can find. The first one is this. It's with Christ and in Christ. That's how you get back to the past so that you can start again. You do it with Christ and in Christ. And some of you are like, Sean, I, I, I already told you, I don't want to go back. <laughs> I thought we already had this conversation. I don't want to go back. I don't want to go face that again. I don't want to deal with that issue. That was a hard, I just, I just don't want to go back there. I don't think I can do it. And God is saying, I'm not asking you to do it. I'm asking you to let me do it through you and with you and for you. So let's go together and let's go back and acknowledge and deal with the past. It goes on in Isaiah with this, with this, to tell us what this new thing looks like. Look at verse 19. It says, see, I am doing a new thing and now it springs up. 
that, that keyword, see, I'm doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And I just want to underline that today because somebody in this gathering would describe your life right now or watching online as I'm in the middle of a wasteland. I mean, it's just barren and it's dried up. That's what my life feels like right now. In any direction that you look, you only see desolation. And, and, and listen to me, that's the person that God is speaking to today. And he's saying, I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. And then he gives us a peek into how. He's, he's, he's doing that around the whole world and for all of creation right now. And he says, the wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen. He's talking about you now. My chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. See, the, the amazing thing is that this pathway to God is talking, he's talking about in, in Isaiah is actually a person that now has been revealed who's Jesus. It's not that he's saying, you know, watch, a, a, a real river is going to flow in the desert, it, although he can do that. We've seen that in scripture too. The jackals will tell you about it. The owls will tell you about it. He can part seas and he can stamp out our adversaries. But more what he's saying in this passage is that the pathway is a person. And that person is Jesus. And, and this is the best news. It's not 2,000 bars or 2,000 lattes or 2,000 layers of protection around your heart. It was 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ stepped into your story and changed everything about you. And gave you the ability to know with confidence that you can go forward with him because you've been back with him. And then can step into what he's making new. Colossians 3 is the verse that really is the highlight verse of this morning. It's a summation of who you are if you know Jesus. And it's the most exciting verse when you take it just by itself. It says it all, talking about your past and my past and about our future. And this is what it says. It says, your crucifixion with Christ has what? Severed the tie to this life and now your true life is hidden away with God in Christ. What a fantastic thing to have said about you. In other words, the old view, your life and your tendencies and all the generational stuff that's come along, all the baggage, all that stuff that's in your past, all of that is swept away and now it's in the old life. And now you have a brand new identity. You have a brand new idea, a brand new place to live from. This is what it means when you're hidden in Christ. When you are hidden with Christ, that's the language it uses there, that means you're tucked into Jesus. You're encapsulated by him. You're enclosed in him. You're sealed in him. You're protected by him. And you're identified with him. And he's in God. And that's where you are. You have a brand new identity. It doesn't mean, again, that you don't have a past that there wasn't devastation or damage or failure or a situation that spun out of control. It doesn't mean that, it just means that you have a brand new you. So it's possible then to identify with your past and not be defined by it. You see that? In other words, it's possible to say, I'm gonna be straight up with where I am 
or where I've come from, where I was and what that was all about and what happened there, but I'm not gonna be defined for the rest of my life by my past. Do you know why? The scripture says, because I died. I was crucified with Christ and now I'm hidden with him. I am a brand new me in him. And that is how I'm going back to the past. I'm gonna take hold of a nail scarred hand and I'm gonna go back. We did a, a baptism in the middle of the week um, last week and, and just because of the way things were set up, this wasn't necessarily the plan, but this is how it happened. We walked in and uh, a, a funeral had just finished and there's a casket right in the middle of the sanctuary where we were going. And I love how Sandy just took that and ran with it. She said, we are going literally from death to new life right here tonight and we'll see the new man rise up. What a picture, right? The old man going down and the new one rising up. I loved it. So it's possible then to identify with your past and not be defined by it. For some of you, you've just got to go back a few days. Some of you need to go back a couple of weeks. For some of you, you need to go back, like way back. But it's taking hold of the one in whom you are now hidden and taking hold of the nail-scarred hand. Why? Because the nail-scarred hand lets you know that you can be healed and find the ability to release what needs to be released so that you're not carrying that stuff into the future. And it's also the nail-scarred hands that lets you know that you can be led from anything that you need to repent and turn from, right? So that you can take a step forward into God's future for you because it's good grabbing hold of his hand because that's the only hand that's not gonna let you down. The second part of this is going back in and with community. You can't do this by yourself. If you've convinced yourself that there's something in your past that you can work out privately, then you got the wrong voice on the mic. And you're gonna be trapped by whatever it is in the past. And it's going to domino in and wreck whatever God has for the future. God is about community. Can I just say that again? God is about community. In fact, listen, he is so into community and so not about, I'm just gonna kind of live out my faith on my own, that he actually himself is a community. <laughs> he is. Yes, we serve one God, but that God has three distinct persons, right? That we relate to Father God in one way, the Son who we relate to in one way, and Holy Spirit who we relate to in another way, but they're all interrelated and interconnected and one, and they're all in complete unity, right? together as one God and three persons. So our God actually is a community, all unified in one. And God, what he's trying to say to you and me is we, all of us, all three of us, we're all about community. That means that if we want to break free from the past and step into the future, you're going to need some, many of us are going to need some help doing that. But you're like, no, I don't need help. I'll work it out myself. I don't need help. I, I don't want this public, you know, that's embarrassing. I, I'm gonna deal with this by myself. I don't need help. I'm gonna, I'm gonna push it away and act like it's not there. How many of you are stuffers? You just kind of just pretend it's not there. Check back later and let us know how that worked out because that doesn't work out a lot of times. God has put you in a family 
And we see at the end of this text, right after these first verses of chapter three, where we've seen this beautiful transaction happen. Look at what verse one says. It says, Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. I love that. Other translations that we might be more familiar with say, you have been raised with Christ. His resurrection is your resurrection too. So there's something powerful that's happened that's pulling you up towards a new beginning. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above, for that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power and honor and authority. Yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. Your crucifixion with Christ has served to tie to this life and now your true life is hidden away with Christ as Christ himself is seen for who he really is, who you really are will be revealed for you are now one with him in his glory. Come on, somebody, (laughs) isn't that good? (laughs) So that's the positional part. And then we break it down, starting in this next verse and it says paraphrase. So so that means that we've, we've got to get rid of this stuff And we've got to add this and we've got to put this off and put this on. And we've got to make modifications based on our new identity because we're a new person. We're going to live differently. And then he breaks it down to see how all of that is possible. Let's jump down to verse 16. It is possible when we do it within a community. It says, let the word of Christ live in you richly, flooding you with all wisdom. Apply the scriptures as you teach and instruct one another. It's a common phrase in scripture, right? That doesn't mean that you must get up, you know, that you gotta get up on the stage and preach a sermon. It just means that you're in community with people and in that community of people that you're in, you are dwelling richly in the word of God. So your interaction is always to be digging in and, and teaching each other as you even teach yourself and always using the word as a mirror in other people's lives around you to encourage them towards God's best for them and for you. So he says, let the word of Christ live in you richly, flooding you with all wisdom. In other words, again, it's not just, hey, let's sit and chat and tell me about your story and I'll tell you about my story and and I'll reflect a little bit on what you've been through and you can reflect a little bit, you know, on what I've been through. It's more like, you know, no, we're gonna root ourselves in this word and we're gonna dwell in or live in is really that kind of, that word there means in the original language. We're gonna live in, we're gonna richly live in and dwell in the word of God. And then, You know what's gonna come out as a result of that? Wisdom is what's gonna come out. What kind of wisdom? It's the understanding that comes from letting the word of Christ live in you richly. And that wisdom will be exchanged and interchanged between the people that God has put me in community with. And so he said, with one another. And then he says, do that, if we keep on reading, with festive praise and with prophetic songs given to you spontaneously by the Spirit. So sing to God with all of your hearts. So we've got the word, we've got wisdom, we've got teaching, we've got instructing. And at the end of the day, we all have a song of praise and gratitude to God. And the prophetic even springs up out of that. What what happened back in the wasteland? What happened when the rivers came in the desert? 
It said that God did all of that for who? His chosen people, the people that he formed, that they would declare his praise. So listen this morning. I want you to hear this. God wants to get you out of the past, out of the desert, and into the future because you have a song to sing. You have something that God has given you. May it be the work of your hands, your entrepreneurial skills, your voice, your creative gifts, your abilities. You have something that the world needs to hear or see. You have a song to sing and the world needs to hear it. Every single one of us. And it's a song of deliverance. We sang that this morning. It's a song of God's faithfulness. It's a song of moving forward. It's a song of not being stuck. It's a song of God bringing you into the new. And the whole world wants to know. What's the question that they ask? Is there a future for me? What is the purpose of this? Or do we all just have to deal with kind of the hand that we've been dealt? And that's the way it's going to be. No, there's a song that the church, us, the people of God, the sons and daughters that God wants to birth in the valley and in the desert and from back in the past and bring it, a song that somebody is waiting to hear sung because it's gonna be the song of freedom that draws them into Jesus. This community thing, I was thinking about it this week and it reminded me of how last fall I'd picked up a rental car that had lane um, correction technology. Anybody have that car that has that technology? Okay, so um, this was my first experience with it. Um, and so it's this, this technology, it's this front and back camera technology I, that I, I read about that will automatically kind of nudge you if you go into another lane without um, you know, turning the blinker on. And so when I picked up the car, the rental car, I honestly didn't know. I'd never really uh, had that experience before. I didn't even know the car had that future when I, when I picked it up or, or where to turn it on or off. And, you know, if I'm frank, it took me by surprise a couple of times before I figured out what was going on. The first time I, I come up and I'm driving on, my, on the, the interstate, it was at the end of a long travel day. I'm driving along and, and I'm trying to get to my destination that evening, you know, just minding my own business. And suddenly I, I find myself, you know, driving up behind this slow semi. So, you know, I'm going to pass the thing and, and the car, as I'm, as I'm trying to get over, I was nudging me back into my lane and the, and the car is like flashing and it's like, it's mad at me. And I didn't know what was going on. What is going on? <laughs> I rented Herbie, you know, <laughs> and, and, you know, finally I see, I see that, that little symbol on the dash and I'm like, oh man, this is some sort of lane correct feature, but I don't know how to get it off. <laughs> and I didn't know that it was simply, you know, driving like you're supposed to and turning on the blinker and then going into the lane. And after driving for a mile or two, I, I, I find this little button at the end of the gear shift and I, I flick it off. <laughs> so why do I share that? I, I think community and what God wants to bring to your life today is kind of like that lane correction technology. It's a gentle nudge. It's people in your life who keep you in God's plan and on God's path and keep you moving forward. It's not just saying, you know, hey, you know, we're living richly in God's word here. I wouldn't go one more inch that way because there's a massive collision waiting over there. It's not just that, but it's also people saying, hey, we're not going to get over into that lane of the past. 
No, 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 no. We're, gonna, we're not gonna dwell there. We're gonna keep on moving forward with what God has for you now. And we're not gonna go back and make our identity out of what was. So let me just nudge you back into God's plan and God's purposes for your life. And we're gonna believe that our identity is hidden with Christ today. And hey, don't take one more step that way because your way, God's way is this way. And it's that lane correction that comes in the community of people in your space that keeps you from wrecking on one side or just completely giving up on the other. And it's through Christ and with Christ and in Christ that we go back so that we can go forward. And it's through community and with community that we go back so that we can go forward. And I'm telling you, I know for a lot of us, you're like, Sean, I want to go forward, but I really, really, really miss what we had in the past or what I had in the past. And I honestly just wish I could go back and, you know, just do something different. But the interesting thing is that none of us can go back and change the past. So all of that time and energy spending that, you know, we let the mic kind of speak into our ear. Well, what if we went back? What if, what will, what would we do differently? Or what if it was like this? Or, you know, how can uh, we somehow change or mitigate? All of that energy needs to be invested by just taking hold of the hand who wants to take the, the hold of our hands, the nail-scarred hand of Jesus and saying, I believe that when you said you will make all things new, you meant me. I bet there's not one person that's watching today or here in this place today, unless you're super young, that would say, when I was back here and I, I saw my life and I was looking forward then, and, and then I stepped forward with God into it, my life up here looks like just what I thought it was gonna look like when I was back there. If, if you have taken the hand of Jesus and you've walked with him, I guarantee you've got a story to tell that God did something new that we didn't think was even possible to be done in our story. It's different than what we thought. But God, what does he do? He gives beauty for ashes. And he, in fact, can make a river in a wasteland. And he can make things new. So coming back, I want to close with this, that key word we're talking about, see. The key word from the prophet was see. Old school, if you, if you look at it in the older translations, it'll say, you know, behold, see. And I'm just asking, on behalf of heaven today, do you see? Do you see, do I see what, Sean? <laughs> do you see that if you put your faith in Jesus, that your old self is covered in the blood of Jesus and that you are new. So you cannot repeat what we so often repeat, which is, well, I'm just gonna accept this reality of this diminished past because my history is full of a lot of stuff and because that's just less scary for me to do than step into a future that I don't fully know. Do you see yourself hidden in Christ with God? Do you see yourself as, yes, I have a past and it's real and I, I, I didn't get amnesia and it's still there and some of the strings are still there, some of the consequences of that are still there, the pain is still there, but I am a new me and I can step forward with God into a new future.
Do you see today that how not turning back and not facing up to the past could be a roadblock, not just for you and your future, but even for your kids and, and their future and their kids and their lot and a whole future generation that may depend on your willingness to go back to Jesus. Trust that hand today and hold on to that. I just wanna close this morning with a song that we sang um, in worship and we'll just, we'll just close with it, just kind of as a benediction this morning. And um, I just want to encourage you, just as we do this, to maybe close your eyes and just ask God. Here's, here's something that I like to do. I'm going to go ahead and take this one off. Is when I'm dealing or walking through something that I know there is a voice that is messing and trying to get on the microphone from my past, there's a prayer that I like to pray and I'll just ask Jesus to go back there with me. Jesus, will you go back with me to that memory, to that time where, there, where that lie was spoken into my life? And would you come back there with me and would you speak truth into that? And would you give me a new future, a new beginning, a new understanding. Sometimes, you know, we live with a lie that's been hanging over our head for so long. Somebody, you know, for instance, in my life, coming off the soccer ball field saying that, Sean, you'll never amount to anything. And that voice will be on the microphone for so long. And sometimes we end up believing that. And we just need to say, Jesus, will you go back with me? And would you speak truth into that moment? And sometimes you'll even have a picture in your mind's eye. And so I'm just going to sing this song and I'm just going to ask, I'm not going to say much else. We're not going to um, have anything else going on right now. Just ask Jesus to come into your past this morning. Maybe you have something specific that even Holy Spirit has just kind of brought up to your attention, or maybe it was already there right at the forefront. You've known it was there. We're going to just ask Jesus and Holy Spirit to minister to us this morning. Amen.